Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. You're listening to Chicago's number one sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. A Radio.com sports station. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. The Score! Meeting number five of eight this season, turned out by Vasilevsky, and that will do it. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the second game of Hockey Day in America, presented by Discover. They surround the winning goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky. Yanni Gord had a couple of goals here today. It's a rough game for the Blackhawks on Sunday, finishing out that three-game series with Tampa Bay in which the Blackhawks were able to accrue three of the six possible points, lost two out of the three games. Welcome back in on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Mark Grody here until 10 o'clock with you, talking more Bears a little bit later on, but right now Blackhawks. And yeah, a 6-3 loss yesterday. They blew a three-goal lead Tampa Bay, four goals in the third period. The Blackhawks, four penalties in the second. Let's talk about this game, and let's talk Blackhawks with James DeVoe of NBC Chicago, co-host of the Madhouse podcast. What's going on, DeVoe? How are you, man? Mr. Grody, long time no talk, my friend. How have you been doing? I'm doing well. It is really good to hear your shiny voice right now. And uh, you and I were chit-chatting a little bit before the Blackhawks game. Yesterday, and one thing that I saw, I saw you tweet during that game when things started to go bad was something about your your mentions in in terms of the Blackhawks because yesterday, man, that went from being like a great game for the Blackhawks, three to nothing in the second period, to being an awful game for the Blackhawks when Tampa Bay scored those four goals. What did you think of that yesterday? 
I mean, that was pretty much the story of the series, right? Everybody that had a two-goal lead in the series seemed to blow it. The Blackhawks had a 2 nothing lead in the first game of the series, ended up coughing it up and losing. The Lightning led 2 nothing in the second game. The Blackhawks ended up winning. And then yesterday, obviously, the Blackhawks uh, coughed up that 3 nothing lead. So apparently, the key in the series between these two teams is to trail by a lot early on because then you can come roaring back and win the games. But it was just a really interesting back-and-forth series and I think as far as it being a uh, test for the Blackhawks against one of the best teams in the NHL, you had to have liked the fight that the Blackhawks showed, but obviously you want them to show a little bit more finish. And as a young team, I think that's something that they probably just needed to learn that lesson, if I had to guess. Yeah, there's there's that. And I guess the other part, too, where Tampa Bay is just a really damn good game, and it just shows that no matter how good the Blackhawks have been this year, and they are 13-8-5, they ain't there yet, are they? No, and I think that that was a great lesson for uh, Blackhawk fans to take away from it. I know that we've been talking a lot on our uh, Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, me and your colleague Jay Zawoski. We've been talking about whether or not the Blackhawks are a legit uh, playoff contender. I think we found out yesterday what it's going to take for them to be a legit Stanley Cup championship contender because the Lightning obviously are the defending champions for a reason. They are an incredibly deep, speedy, physical hockey team that can beat you in a million different ways and the Blackhawks were able to largely hang with them throughout this series which I think is a good sign but you saw just every example in the book of why the Lightning are such a such a dangerous team and why the Blackhawks have a little ways to go before they can uh, get back to that level that we were so used to seeing from them uh, last decade. So what do you think they are this year? Because they're obviously, I don't think they were as good as what they were showing maybe five or six games ago. Right now they're 13-8-5. and five. Where do you think that ends up this year? Who are the Blackhawks by the time this season is over? Do you ever read on it? I, I don't think a lot of people like can necessarily uh, back up their reads with any sort of uh, you know conviction. I don't think that we really have a, a solid idea of what this Blackhawks team is. I, I will acknowledge, obviously, that they have been overachieving, right? You probably aren't going to have the NHL's best power play when the season comes to an end like they do right now. You're probably not going to get the superhuman goal signing that you've gotten from Kevin Lankin and, and then lately Malcolm Subban yeah. every single game you're not going to get those things but I also don't think that the Blackhawks are nearly as bad as we were probably prophesying them to be earlier in the season when we thought they'd be competing with the Detroit Red Wings for the uh, last place spot in the uh, Discover Card Central Division I I think that the Blackhawks if I had to guess right now Mr. Grody if I had to say where they're going to be at the end of the season I still do think it's entirely possible that they could be competing for that fourth seed in that division which would equal a playoff spot. I think that especially if you get a guy like Kirby Doc back, he was skating with the Blackhawks today. I think that an addition like that is going to be really huge for this team if they can make it. And with the way that a lot of their young players have been playing and the way that a lot of their uh, veteran guys like Alex Debrinkit and Patrick Kane have been playing, I think that you can reasonably argue that they could compete with Columbus, with Nashville, and with Dallas for that fourth seed in that division. I love it. I, I love it because that's still putting them ahead of what a lot of us, as you mentioned, what people had expected, that the Blackhawks would be more Red Wings than, than what they're doing right now. So I, I am going to go ahead and jump ahead now just because of that. If they are ahead of schedule, 
this year and what this Blackhawks transparent rebuild has been. How fast in this this I'm already going off season on you here. How <laughs> fast how fast could they get back to being a legitimate cup contender if if they are ahead of schedule? Could uh, do they have room salary cap wise coming up in the off season? Obviously you mentioned getting Kirby Doc back, who knows maybe Jonathan Taves. Can they get this can they get this thing back to like real contention again in one off season? I think what they really need to do is they need to rely on the young players that have been taking steps forward this season. They're going to need to have those guys like your Philip Kurashevs, your Pia Suters, your Adam Boquist. You're going to have to rely on those guys, I think, to take some more steps forward because the Blackhawks are probably going to have still a lot of salary cap space tied up in guys like Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit, for that matter, who's making a lot more money on his new deal with the Blackhawks. I know that, obviously, those guys are all still producing at a high level right now, but it also does limit you at least a little bit on what you can do in free agency. So I think what you'll see is a lot of moves kind of on the periphery, like they made this offseason, where they brought in Carl Soderberg on a cheap deal. They acquired Matthias Janmark, Lucas Walmark, those types of contracts, those veterans they can plug into holes, I think are ultimately what the Blackhawks would be smart to continue to do. And I think that, you know, conceivably, if those young guys kind of keep stepping up, I think that that could be enough to at least bump them up in the standings a little bit. But I don't see any probably big high-profile signings. Talking to James Naveau, he is indeed the co-host with my colleague, Jay Zawoski of the Madhouse Podcast. I don't know how much you guys have been able to talk about Jonathan Taves because nobody knows what's going on, but I was listening a little bit on the the post-game show on the radio side, and, you know, Troy Murray was talking about how, like, yesterday was the first game, you know, not that they haven't missed him, but that they really missed, they're missing some of that leadership with some of these blown leads and things like that, that that was the first time we were like, man, having Taves around probably would help to restore order. Are they going to be feeling that more and more as this season goes on and as they do stay in playoff contention, missing that that Taves leadership effect and what he does on the, the ice, obviously, as well? Well, I mean, they're obviously missing not only Taves' leadership, uh, they're also missing just a lot of center depth in general because you also have Dylan Strome, who's still on long-term injured reserve with a head injury. You're missing guys like Zach Smith. You're missing Andrew Shaw. That's a lot of really good quality veteran forwards that the Blackhawks are missing, and that's not even including a guy like Kirby Doc. They're, they're just missing so much depth up the middle, and a lot of these guys are probably playing more minutes than they ever have in the NHL, and I think that the leadership gap on the team I don't think is as big as we would probably assume it is just because I do think that guys like Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith have kind of stepped in to fill that void. If you talk to any of the young guys on the team, they speak glowingly about the impact that those two players have had on their games. And I think that that speaks to them recognizing that there was a little bit of a leadership vacuum in the dressing room without tapes, without Brent Seabrook. And I think they've stepped into that. I think where you're really seeing the big impact of the absences right now is just on the depth of the team, and it's yeah. leading to some fatigue, I think. And with just with so many guys out, you're eventually going to see that until you start to welcome some of them back. I think it's awesome that, as you mentioned earlier, that Kirby Doc was back out there, and and hopefully we see him on the ice. And I guess he's going on the the road trip to Dallas tomorrow night, but I don't know that. that well, he's not going to play tomorrow night. I'd be shocked. But sure. eventually, eventually, we're going to see Doc back out there. How good is Kirby Doc? Like, where does he max out for you eventually if you had to 
look a little bit into the future with Kirby Doc? I mean, if you look at his progress that he made in the bubble last season, I'm not going to say that he'll eventually be the you know heir apparent to Jonathan Taves. That's put, putting way too much pressure on a guy like uh, Kirby Doc. But I do think the Blackhawks look at him as a potential number one center for this team. I think that he has all of the requisite abilities around the front of the net. He's got great hands. He can skate well. He can be physical occasionally when he needs to be. I think that if he can continue to uh, develop his body, get a little bit stronger, uh, get better in the face-off circle especially, there's really no limit to what Kirby Doc can do. And I think we saw a glimpse of that during the bubble last season in Edmonton. You kind of saw all of the progress kind of come together really quickly. And Kirby Doc strikes me as the kind of guy who's going to be able to potentially make some pretty serious leaps forward in terms of his ability. And like I said, I don't think he's going to be the next coming of Jonathan Taves. I think that that would be an unfair uh, burden to put on him. But at the same time, I really do think the Blackhawks look at him as a potential number one center and I don't think that that's uh, out of the question at all I think that he's made some really good progress in his career he's a really quick learner and I've really liked what I've seen from him so far all right we've gone this long without really zeroing in on the goalies I know that you you mentioned Kevin Lankin and um it are, are we is he still the the goalie of the future he's obviously had a mostly good year this year is Kevin Lankin and the the Blackhawks goalie this year and next year or is Malcolm Subban going to give him a run for his money I mean, you can uh, like play a sound effect or whatever that you would like to do when I say what I'm about to say. That yesterday's game would have been way worse if it hadn't been for Kevin Lankin. And I think that even in games that he's giving up a good number of goals, he's still making some really A-plus saves. The Blackhawks yesterday were not only lacking Calvin DeHaan, but then they were lacking Connor Murphy for most of the games. So you were seeing Adam Boquist and Ian Mitchell get a ton of really important defensive shifts, and the Lightning were just piling on scoring chances from all over the place. And Lankinen did, I thought, a really solid job of that. The thing that I like about him moving forward into the future is that he seems to me to be a more positionally sound goaltender than Malcolm Subban is. He doesn't rely on his athleticism quite as much. And he just is a very unflappable guy. It's a good characteristic for a goaltender to have. It doesn't seem like the stage ever gets too big for him. He always seems to kind of bounce back if he gives up a bad goal or two and I think that that's a really good uh, quality for a goaltender to have I do think the Blackhawks really feel like they have found something with him and I think that he is definitely the guy that they're probably looking towards especially with some of the struggles that Colin Delia has had down in his uh, conditioning assignment in Rockford I think that the Blackhawks are really looking at Lincoln in as kind of the guy of the future and I do think that Malcolm Subban has made some big strides forward this season he's played really well as of late but but I think if we're looking at the whole package right now, I still think the edge probably goes to Lankinen. Dude, you made it through that response, and there was no sound effect. Everything you said was was very good. <laughs> I was a little bit worried with the six goals given up that I was eventually going to get, like, zonked or something. <laughs> zonked. <laughs> no, no, there was no... No zonking. I'm sure that um, the texters probably had. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what the, what the top texter here says. What happened to the Blackhawks yesterday was the opposite of what they did when they won three titles six years ago. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the team's the opposite. It's a lot younger, and I think, I think this season, I think it's fair to say the Blackhawks have been able to respond to adversity really well this season. They've been able to take a team's best punch, and they've been able to respond, including in a couple of games against the Lightning. I just think yesterday you saw what happens when a Stanley Cup contender comes into your barn and they're playing well, and you just are relying on a lot of young guys. Sometimes those types of things are going to happen, and I'm not a big guy in terms of uh, moral victories and that kind of stuff, but there are definitely some lessons that can be learned by some of the Blackhawks' younger players, so that would probably be my response to that. Yeah, and then, and for the record, that was 12 minutes ago, so that wasn't after your non-sound effect answer about sticking up for <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Lincoln and after giving up the, the six goals, but I, I agree with you, man. I mean, and, and you know, Tampa Bay is a relentless and excellent team that's going to contend for a Stanley Cup this year again. Um all right, so I didn't. I haven't asked you about uh, Brent Seabrook yet. What are your thoughts on Seabs, the the retirement, what it means, what he has meant? Go on Brent Seabrook, my friend. I wrote a column for uh, NBC Chicago, you know, the day job about uh, the impact that (laughs) the impact that Brent Seabrook had on the Blackhawks. And I think that a lot of the credit uh, for for the leadership of the Blackhawks goes to Jonathan Taves and rightly so based on the C that's been on his jersey for more than a decade now. But I think that if you look at a guy who is really kind of the emotional and vocal leader of the locker room, I think that Brent Seabrook always filled that role. You saw him playing. a really important uh, role for the Blackhawks, especially in the 2013 series against Detroit. Everybody remembers him going to the penalty box to kind of calm down and cheer up Jonathan Taves when he committed the three penalties. So like that part of Brent Seabrook has always been kind of the thing that stuck by me the most is just his emotional and vocal leadership. But then he always seemed to come up with really big plays and really big situations too. He had the series winning goal in that very series. He had an overtime winner against the Boston Bruins and the Stanley cup final later that season brent seabrook had not only that flair for the dramatic but just that ability to kind of rise to the occasion both from a leadership perspective and a play perspective and the dude was just an all-out uh warrior when he played too you hear him talk about the struggles that he went through trying to come back from multiple hip surgeries from shoulder surgery it's remarkable that he even you know chose to do that at the age that he is i think that it shows a lot about the kind of guy that brent seabrook is and what's really important to him and all i can say is that after hearing him uh, talk about his retirement and stepping away from the game of hockey i think we are going to see him again probably in some type of coaching capacity Uh, it's going to be really hard to find another guy uh, like that for the Chicago Blackhawks. He was truly one of a kind. Yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering what he might do. He doesn't seem like the 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 broadcaster type. I mean, like he can speak and all that stuff, but he's not like the most gregarious personality. But yeah, totally. Considering what he's brought leadership wise, and I think defensemen tend to make pretty good uh, pretty good coaches. So, do you think that they should retire his number? We had this conversation on the podcast, and I think that at a certain point, the Blackhawks are probably going to have to adopt kind of a ring of honor mentality when it comes to honoring a lot of the key members of the organization, or as the Canadians would say, organization, (laughs) uh, during the uh, Blackhawks Stanley Cup run. And I think that guys like Nick Jalmerson, Marion Hosa, Patrick Sharp, Corey Crawford, you'll probably see like some type of ring of honor for them. I don't know if their numbers will necessarily be retired, but I think they'll probably just be taken out of – 
a more regular rotation. I 100% think that the impact that Brent Seabrook had on this team, both in the dressing room and on the ice, I think that his number seven belongs up in the rafters of the United Center, and I also think that it will end up there. He may have to share the honor with Chris Chelios. I know the Blackhawks have already honored one number in such a way by splitting it between two guys, but I do think that Brent Seabrook is very well deserving of this honor for everything that he meant for the Blackhawks. I love the idea of a ring of honor because at some point in time, you got to draw the line, right? Cause there's going to be a bunch of these guys from the, well, the I mean, you know, the first hand, what happens when a team retires too many numbers, you cover the Chicago bears and look what they're <laughs> potentially going to have to deal with when they acquire Russell Wilson. Do you unretire the number three? <laughs> Seriously. You think the bears are going to get Russell Wilson though? I mean, no, but that isn't keeping me from crossing every finger that I have. I mean, how awesome would that be for you and for the city? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah, forget me. I mean, just every everybody, man. Um, like, to have an elite quarterback, that'd be sweet. You still uh, you still living in uh, Bourbon A? The former Bourbonist, not Bourbon A? I will say that I still live in the former summer home of the Chicago Bears. The logo, I think, is still on the water tower here, weirdly enough. Uh, even though the Bears have departed, their uh, presence still looms over the town. But, yeah, I was uh, – Thinking about moving, but uh, the pandemic kind of uh, put a stop to all of that. So, yep, Bourbon is still home for me. There's nothing wrong with that at all, man. Like I, I've told you in the past, I have family that I've been going to Bourbon A my whole life, and I'll, I have nothing but great memories there. And then when the Bears moved to Bourbon A, everybody's like, "What is this Bourbon A? Bourbon? What the hell is that?" I'm like, "I've been. I know this place. It's an <laughs> awesome place." And you had to be like. Oh my God, I live in this place. These people are disgracing my town by mispronouncing the name. And, and everybody just decided that TJ Donlins was the place to go. There are several uh, bars that are significantly <laughs> better than that. Yeah, that's right, Bears Beat Reporters. I'll show you some fun. Oh, wait, you don't come here anymore. <laughs> that, Never mind. Right. Forget right. all that. <laughs> you know the real place. You're not just Cheesecake Factory. You know, like, the real <laughs> cool place, the indigenous places to hang hey, out. Hey, man, Yannicky's open this week, Mark, if you want to come oh. down. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, post-pandemic, I'm always – because I don't have any – actually, it's funny. I just mentioned because I used to, my grandpa used to live in, in Kankakee. My aunt and uncle and cousins were in Bourbon A, and everybody is either passed on to the next world or is living in other places. So you are my – I need you to stay in Bourbon A so I still have a connection there. And I promise you, once we are in completely in the clear, we'll, we'll do the town, my friend. You can come down here with uh, Jay Zawoski. We can go play golf. Jay's a big fan of the Buffalo Wild Wings here in Bourbon A. <laughs> What's the, do they sell the Monocles pizza? Of course they do. Several oh of God. them, in fact. Oh, so good. Yeah, that like I only like Monocles, though. It's one of those, like it's out of context if it's anywhere else. Like I don't know if I would like Monocles if, it, if I had it in Chicago. I'd probably be like, ooh, this is terrible. But when I'm in Bourbon A, Monocles sounds it, like it tastes, it hits the spot. I mean, there are several uh, pretty solid pizza places here in Bourbon. I know it's obviously not as good as Chicago, but we try our best. Yeah, man. I mean, like you just get you, ha- you got to have the stuff that they have in the town. I mean, that's that's the way that we all adapt. And you you have what you have, and you don't have to be Chicago elitist. Just enjoy Bourbon A in the greater Kankakee area. And then after that, yeah, then I want to I want to watch you and Jay do the Madhouse podcast together. 
we'll, we'll, we'll figure out some way to do that, and then we'll obviously loop you on. I mean, we, we have guests on all the time. We had Russell Dorsey uh, from the Sun-Times on on Friday, and he was an really? awesome guest. Yeah, he really? talked. A lot of Blackhawks with us. He's a big Brandon Hagel fan. Uh, oh, was telling cool. us all about his love of Timu Solani. It was awesome. So if you want to hop on and talk talk some pucks with us, I'm sure I can uh, pull some strings. I know no, that's, that's the show. I, I, I honestly, like, I, I'm flattered that you would even consider it. I don't want to, and that's only because I'd be a little intimidated. I just don't know what I'd, I'd be able to bring to it. So maybe down the road. I jump on with you guys, but for right now, I'd rather just listen to you guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be a listener to the Madhouse podcast. I don't want to be part you're, of it. I don't. I don't want you're to. You're intimidated. It. You're intimidated by Jay and I. Well, I, I hate I, to tell I, you this. I just man, don't have the on. hockey acumen, man. I don't like that. That's why I'm gonna have you on. I ask these questions. I don't want to be like <laughs> at, like saying hockey stuff and you guys be like, uh huh, uh huh, right, Grody, gotcha, uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, Taves and Kane. Is that all you got? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, we've been talking about bourbon A pizza for the last five minutes. So That's clear. true. <laughs> we That's have plenty true. to talk about, apparently. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If Ru- if the Bears sign Russell Wilson, I will come on the, the Madhouse podcast. How about that? You heard, you heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> we, you, got, you guys all have to help me uh, keep him accountable for this. Oh, DeVoe, I love you, man. Great to hear your voice. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Take care, Grody. All right, man. That's James DeVoe of NBC Chicago. And, yes, the co-host of the Madhouse podcast with Jay Zawoski. And uh, they got an awesome podcast, man. Highly successful. And uh, everybody listens to it that is into the Black. And it sounds like even if you don't, um, aren't a huge Blackhawks fan, you should check it out, man. The Madhouse podcast. I'm Mark Grody. That felt good, though. Talk Blackhawks and get some answers to questions and where the Blackhawks are. I love that he thinks the Hawks are a playoff team this year in a four seed. And that just means they're ahead of schedule. And who knows, maybe the party is back on the year after man, because it is so fun when the Blackhawks are a real contender. And it's still, it, it does still take that. It still takes that extra little boost to get everybody on board with the Blackhawks. It's a little bit of a blind spot in the great, Chicago sports town that it is, it's still a little, there is not unconditional love with everybody when it comes to the, the Blackhawks. They got it. They got to show you something, it, which is maybe the way it should be with, with all teams. Maybe the Blackhawks fans have it right, but it takes a little extra, but I love that Kirby doc could be coming soon. I kind of just thought he would be out for the season or at least maybe until the postseason. but if they get doc back and, and then who knows, who knows what could happen. All right. Still the calm. I want you guys to hear my entire interview with Jared Payton. I did it yesterday, and we talked about Walter Payton. He sings for us because Walter Payton was in the Super Bowl shuffle. He also has some great Bears insight, um, a lot of great Bears insight on, a, on quarterback, on running back, and we have some fun too. So that is coming up. I'm Mark Grody, in for Joe O on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Welcome back in on The Score. I'm Mark Grody in for Joe O until 10 o'clock tonight. Yesterday, I had a chance to talk to my buddy, Jared Payton, about the Bears and other things. And I think that you will be entertained by this interview. Here's Jared Payton. What's up, man? I miss your face. Man, I miss you too, Grody. Um, Yeah, it's kind of weird to hear your voice. That means that you've been on the station a couple of times when they're playing back here. 
your old stuff from from back in the day. But I do have to tell you this. My yeah. buddy TJ and my buddy Adam are huge fans of yours, and they're listening. They want me to tell you hello. I'm not cool anymore. The people who I get a chance to talk to are cooler <laughs> than me, so they wanted me to tell you what's up. Oh, TJ and Adam, shout out to you guys. So I'm glad that you and I, Jared, are both propping each other up because I am sure that there are people listening that know me. Be like, oh, that's cool, man. It's Jared Payton. I've seen him on TV. He's Walter Payton's son. That's awesome. So it's all about it's all about propping each other. Dude, that is the one thing. And we're going to get into hardcore Bears talk here. One of the things that I love about you is the fact that you, unlike some other um, offspring of celebrities, whether it's sports stars or superstars, you really embrace being the son of the greatest football player of all time and Walter Payton, don't you? I do, Mark. I mean, it, it's it's weird because, you know, even with my son growing up, he he knows he knows that his grandpa is the best. But he, he also loves these new age guys like Patrick Mahomes and DK yeah. Metcalf. And I was trying to I tell him all the time, grandpa could do everything that all these guys can do even at the quarterback <laughs> position. Yes, so it, does, he can throw. It, it really doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you, man, he, uh, as I grew up and started to love the game of football and understand the game of football, yeah, he's the best. And uh, hands down, pound for pound, I've watched so many different people. And, you know, people might say Barry Sanders is a better runner. And Jim Brown could do this. And all these guys, I respect all those guys. But when it comes down to pound for pound, um, there's no better football player than than that guy number 34 with that Jerry curl and that Ruse headband. So um, I'm always <laughs> going to rep him. And he's and he's not here, Mark, to do it. So I have to do it. He's not here. Now he wouldn't do it if he was here. But you know that's just that's my job. That's one of the things that I, I, I really carry to my heart. Yeah, and I I appreciate it, and I know lots of other Bears fans listening appreciate it as well to keep the legacy alive, and just you know, like like you just did, just to remind people that there have been other great great running backs, and there will be great running backs in the future. But if you want the all-purpose package, and to my knowledge, the only one who sported and rocked the kangaroos, it's Walter Payton. Yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, man. There's a uh... I actually sit and wonder, though, Mark, what he would be thinking about right now about this team. Like, what would what, if we were having these conversations? And I'm still in the media, and you know, working at WGN, and we're having a conversation. I just want to know what his thought process would be on what's next for this ball club as they head into this 2021 season. Yeah, man, and it, it it would be hard to predict, and you would think that, you know, a lot of the, the quote-unquote old schoolers would say, hey, let's get back to, you know, playing running football and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't exist as much in this NFL. So I will ask you, Jared, and we heard the clip of you coming in. I believe that was when you were on the score with Zach Zabin recently. Have you figured out what direction – Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, as you were wondering out loud at that point, obviously several weeks ago, have you figured out what they might be thinking at the quarterback position? No, I really, I, I'm still at, I'm still trying to figure this thing out because uh, it, the, the guys that are, are linked to the Bears, it, that's, it's still a question mark on what are those teams going to do and how much you know, capital they want to be able to make those those things happen with Sean Watson and Russell Wilson. I've been seeing a lot of the Wilson talk about him coming to Chicago, but it's just hard for me when, you know, when you're a team that's searching for a quarterback, right? Like 
a team and a franchise that's searching for a quarterback, you'll do anything to get them. And then you have these organizations that have these guys that are that are top-notch quarterbacks, top tier, and you're trying to keep them. Um, when you don't have one, Mark, you know it's a it's a problem. And every organization that doesn't have that franchise quarterback is in the same position that the Bears are in now. And so, um, I mean, pipe dream, Russell Wilson would be great, uh, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, I just have a hard time. And I don't know what the relationship is with Pete Carroll and everything else. I know he's unhappy with getting hit as many times as he has, and which if you have a quarterback or like – Russell or Deshaun, to me, you do everything that you can in your power to be able to to make sure that they're happy and that you're putting the right pieces around them. And um, I go back to even with Mitchell Trubisky and people talking about, you know, from when he started to where we are right now, that's the same thing that I, I was always saying is that you have to be able to surround him if this is this is the guy that you know. And I've always said, I love Mitchell Trubisky, um, had a chance to be around him. Anybody that's had a chance to be around him knows he's a great, great guy. And I was saying, too, but if you watch his film like I did come out of college, I watched every snap that he had his last year at UNC. Mm. And basically almost the, the same exact thing that I, I saw throughout his career as a Chicago Bear where, you know, you see flashes and then you would see some inconsistencies and then you would see, holy cow, how do you make that play? And it's pretty much what you saw on Sundays with him. But you have to be able to, a guy that I knew that was going to be a project that needed to be worked on, you have to surround him with what he does best and put him in those situations to be successful. I don't know if that happened throughout his time in Chicago. So now you have to figure out now whoever is going to come, if you figure out, if you can't get those top-tier guys, is there another guy that can come in? Or are you just going to rock with Nick Foles? Um, I always look at that, that offensive line and how they played in that running game at the end of the season. Scratch who they were playing. I mean, you kind of saw that when you got into that Packer game at the end of the year, when you're playing against top-tier teams, you, you have to be on top of your game. But when you're playing teams like the Texans, this team was – the Bears were running the football. And they were putting Mitchell Trubisky out in – you know, rolling him out, getting him out of the pocket and doing what he does and cutting down half of the field for him. I still wonder what Nick Foles would have done with that offensive line being a little bit more solidified at the end of the season. And so I'm not saying that he is the truth. He is the answer. Um, But in my mind and in Dan Rohn's mind, we've both been talking about it. We just believe that he's probably going to be your day one starter when the 2021 season kicks off. Yeah, I, I said the same thing a couple of weeks ago. I I've, I've backed off of that a little bit. I do think that there's they're rubbing their hands together and they've got they've got you know pie in the sky plan Russell Wilson. But I do think I, at this point, as I sit here right now, I don't think it's going to be Nick Foles as the the day one starter. But you brought up a good point though, and it could be. I mean, I I laid that out in an earlier segment as well. You brought up a great point, too, about the fact that once Trubisky came back in and the offensive line, the interior specifically of the offensive line became solidified and you put you, you swing a Fetty to the outside. And all of a sudden, not only did to some degree the quarterbacking work better, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden it clicked for David Montgomery. Yeah. All of a sudden he became a top five running back in the NFL by the numbers. Is that what we saw from David Montgomery in the second half of the season? Is Do you believe that that is what he is going forward? You can't tell me anything different 
at all. Like he, that's him. And I know I, I had these conversations and fighting with people, Mark, who, you know, when it comes to the running back position, everybody is always looking for who's that next guy. And a lot of people weren't believing in the young man, but listen, I, Mark, if you want to know who a person is, you got to look at the film and you got to look at the film before they get to where they're at. And so what I saw at David Montgomery from college I was hoping to see, and I knew his abilities. It just was going to take a little bit of time, but you don't, you don't find, you can't just create toughness in a, in a, in a running back. You just can't. It's either you got it or you don't have it. He has it. And his ability to his feet, you know, we all know that he's not that blazer that's going to go 70 yards on you and take you, you know, my dad wasn't like that, but in between the tackles and when he's, especially when you can see the change, out of him from being in the shotgun, taking snaps to being in that dot mat eye and then having either a, a full back in front of him or H back in front of him where he can, you know, th- those, those wider zones where he can find ways to get people some movement and find that hole back inside. But yards after contact to me is what's so impressive. And he's always fighting for more yards all the time. And it's not just in the running game. He can be valuable in the passing game as well. So, Yes, I knew this was that guy. That I've always said that, and I will never get off that. He, I love his game, and I see how hard he works off the field. You know, getting tapes from you know, his trainer and, and these guys that are working with his footwork and all this stuff that people see on Twitter, I get sent to me as text messages. You know, and I'm watching what he's doing. This young man has the ability to be special, and what I want to see is these guys more in the passing game as well. Him, Tariq Cohen putting these guys in position in the slot to be able to take advantage of matchup problems with linebackers or safeties coming down, because now that changes up the dynamics of your offense and it changes up how defenses have to play you. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can keep doing, but the interior of that line is awesome. They got to figure out on, on those tackles. That has to be a main priority for this team moving forward. I love it. Talking to Jared Payton of WGN Television right now on The Score. I'm Mark Grody here with you until noon on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I want to back up now because you're talking about the the diligent work that you have done watching film. And you were talking about watching Mitchell Trubisky and all of his, you know, games at UNC in his final year before he was drafted. So this is what I wanted to ask you. I didn't want to I didn't want to get off the phone before I ask you this. Did you think that Trubisky then had the potential to be special? And you also said that he wasn't surrounded necessarily with the right pieces in his time with the Bears. So I guess the the bigger picture question is, do you think that Mitchell Trubisky still can be a top-notch starter in the NFL with probably a different organization if he has the right people surrounding him? Like, is that development, that ceiling still there, do you think, for Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, I mean, I definitely think a new, some new surroundings will probably be better for him. I just think that, you know, everything here in Chicago is, I mean, you have people who you either love them or you hate them, right? And I just think he had a unfair shake, um, you know, the, where you're drafted, right? When people draft you, you know, they move up and they have, they have the conviction. And listen, Ryan Pace, that's what he felt. He felt like, you know, you're looking at the, what he came from, from the Saints. And you looked at his completion percentage in college. And you looked at some of the things. And, you know, has he been kind of constructing this offense a little bit? 
trying to find pieces in, in part kind of like the Saints, right? And he thought maybe Trubisky could be that Drew Brees. Not saying that he will ever be Drew Brees, but maybe that's what his mindset was, of taking a guy that could hopefully figure out a way to take care of the football and to get it in the hands of those playmakers. Oh, here in Chicago, just never really worked out. And um, the development, I don't know if it's all on him. It, I think everybody has to take blame. Can't just be all on Trubisky. Um, I, I believe if he goes somewhere and he gets an opportunity to have a fresh start, I think the opportunity for him to keep playing and to maybe definitely be a backup, be a starter, I'm not sure. That's the work that he's going to have to put in to be able to do that. Reading defense is a lot better. Uh, and But then also people putting him in a, an offense that really works for him and that he that can help him thrive because he's athletically gifted. He can move. His feet are what are amazing about him, and it's also in some way the downfall of his game as well, especially dropping back and, and being more centered when he's, you know, being able to not throw off that back foot and, mm-hmm. and, and be more confident. If he can find a way and get with someone that can really truly teach him and break down his game, um, that's the hard part in the NFL, right, Crowley? You, you, yeah. We want these quarterbacks to come in right off the jump and to make a splash because we know – you only hit a certain amount of time before that rookie deal is done. And then now if you have to pay that quarterback, you're, you're handcuffed to what you can do at other positions with your team. EI, what happened to Russell Wilson? I mean, there's certain things that you can't do. So we're looking so much at these rookies where he truly needed that time to come in, having a great offense in mind. He didn't have that when he got here to Chicago. And so the problem is, is he needed time to grow and, he got thrown in the fire and people wanted those results real fast. And in some ways I get it. In some ways it's unfair. So if he goes somewhere else and fresh start, I give, it gives him an opportunity to kind of break down his game and to learn a little bit more and hopefully let's see what he can do. But uh, here in Chicago, I think it'd be, be hard for him to continue on here. Yeah. I mean, I think for, for both parties, it's like one of those amicable, breakups where mm-hmm. it's better off for both sides for for the bears and for trubisky and the bears did everything they could you know to give this guy a chance um all right couple more for you man would you this is what i was asking i was asking the scoreless and by the way i've got a text message from a a listener that i'm gonna have to read to you it's challenging you on something at, at the very end you're gonna love it you're gonna love it but first <laughs> one more question for me and then I'm going to let a score texter have at you. But <laughs> um, would you would you concede next year as in would you allow for a losing season if it meant getting an elite quarterback on the Bears? Because they might have to give some real pieces up. Would, would you can you accept, let's say, a six win season if it meant having Russell Wilson on your roster? Oh, man, 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 true Bears fans don't they they. This is a t- this is a touchy situation, man. Like <laughs> you can't just say like in this time that you just want to lose. I, you know what? <laughs> let me let me let me let me put it to you this way. Let me put okay. it to you this way. So All right. in that six game losing streak this past season, I thought that that's where this team was headed. Right? Okay. I thought yeah. that's where it was headed. So credit to these guys and the, this Bears team, and credit to to Matt Nagy for getting these guys back on track to say, listen. We're going to finish this season off strong. They found a way to be able to get into the playoffs. I don't care if you back into the playoffs. You get there, you get there. It's a testament to how hard these guys work. Um, no, no, I don't. I don't want to do it because 
I still have a lot of faith in this Bears defense. I really do. I have okay. faith in them. And it's, it's hard for me to say, let's get – Let's just tank because now we're taking another year away from this defense. And so I, as much, I thought that was going to happen this year. And I was actually, to be honest, I was saying that this would be the year with all these quarterbacks that were in this draft, you know, guys that I like, like Justin Fields. And I just, maybe it was an opportunity next year. I just can't say as a Bears fan and a person that covers this team, I don't, it's hard for me to watch the Bears lose. It's, it's, I'm not like everybody else. I understand. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not, I'm yeah. not like, this is, this is family to me. And so I, I don't want to ever see my team lose. And so it'd be hard. And I really have a lot of faith in this defense and um, let's see what they can do, man. Figure out the quarterback position, even if it's maybe in house, if they can figure out a way to get that offensive line solidified in a run game. Let's see what can happen with this defense and, and how if they if they can still get to back to that form, not to the form of 2018, but just getting back to how they were playing at the beginning of the year last year before they had all this stuff on their shoulders. We're talking about a defense that was an offense that wasn't able to c- consistently put together drives. You know how much pressure is put on that defense? Oh my God. It was a lot. So they broke by the end of the season. Let's see if an offense can be respectable they can put numbers up on the board and not put so much pressure on the defense. And then let's see where all the chips fall. All right. You ready for the text message question? Yeah. Our, yeah. I'm ready. Texters are tough, man. They're tough. <sighs> um, trust me. Trust me, man. Um, all right. Here it comes from the seven Oh eight. It says Jared Payton earlier this season on this station said that Brady was not his goat. Ask him how he feels about that now after this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, he listen, in other people's minds, Mark, he is he's he's the GOAT and rightfully so. He should be he's in that conversation. No one's been able to do what that man's been able to do. But if you're asking me, I have to start a franchise, like from any era, like any era with a quarterback from any era, I can choose. Yeah, Brady's not the guy that I'm. He's not the guy that I'm choosing. Give Listen, it to I, me. I, I, so, Bears fans aren't going aren't going to want to hear this, but oh. my, the quarterback, yeah, the quarterback that I would choose is there's two of them. Okay. One one is Dan Marino. I love Dan Marino. Oh, doesn't have any championships. God. Doesn't have any oh, championships, but I love him. So good. He's just a gunslinger. And the yes. other one plays in number twelve in that that for that football team for Wisconsin. Like he's, <laughs> Aaron he's, Rodgers. He, he, he's, he's amazing. So yes, those guys are the guys that I look at when it comes to me and no disrespect. Brady might be the goat. He's just not my goat, you know? So just like yeah, I know no. some people out, outside of the city don't see my dad as their goat running back. Well, he's my goat running back. So we all can have uh, our own opinions. I love it. I love that you said Dan Marino. That is like he was and probably some of it is because I, of course, grew up a crazy Bears fan. I grew up. I was right in the wheelhouse, a junior high kid during the 85 Bears. And that team was, as you know, the only team to beat the Bears in that season because Dan Marino and Mark Duper and Mark Clayton. Yeah. And then the Bears go ahead on, and, and after that game, they record the Super Bowl shuffle and <laughs> end up winning the Super Bowl. Like, that, that just amazing to me that that happened. Those guys had so much swag. It was awesome. 
Dude, can you sing me your dad's part right now before we let you go? Ooh, I mean, you know, eh, they call me sweetness, and I like to dance, running the balls like naked romance. We had to go since training camp, bring Chicago to Super Bowl chat. Now, we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing this to feed the needy. Didn't come here looking for trouble. We just came here to do the Super Bowl shuffle. I actually have a rouge headband on at this time, so just to <laughs> let you guys know. You're the best, man. I, that's a mic drop from both of us. I'm getting off the air. I am done with my day. That's all I needed to hear, man. Hey, Grody, appreciate you, man. I love you to death. You are one of my favorites to talk Bears with. Just to, I'm just happy to be able to call you a friend, bro. Appreciate you. Oh, s- same, man. Thank you so much for coming on, JP. I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, peace. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. It's been a fun, fast four hours here tonight for me. Mark Grody filling in for Joe Ostrowski. I know we got CBS coming up here in a few minutes. And then the Grobber, my guy. Les Grobstein, score overnight, midnight to five. I'm I'm back in tomorrow. I'll be in uh, for Joe again tomorrow. I'll be in six to, almost said midnight. No, no, no. Six to ten tomorrow night. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see if the Grabber wants to do a little transition, like just a little quick segment at about nine forty tomorrow night. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe Grabber. I do know that we're going to talk some college basketball tomorrow because my guy Eli Herskovich is going to come on the show. We'll talk about Illinois and Loyola, and he likes to gamble and stuff. So uh, maybe I'll let him talk about gambling stuff. I don't know gambling stuff, but I know you guys like gambling stuff. So I'll let Eli talk about gambling stuff you know there's going to be more bears talk we'll see what happens with Allen robinson and the the franchise tag and if there's any surprises that should arise i promise you we will be talking about them chicago bears tomorrow as well thank yous to give out to chris emma from 670thescore.com he talked bears with us james Naveau from nbc chicago and the co-host with jay zawaski of the madhouse podcast james Naveau, thanks for coming on man talking blackhawks also, uh, Jared Payton, from whom you just heard. Wasn't that awesome? Good stuff with JP, the personal, and the and the, the nuts and bolts of the Bears and what should be coming up. And a big thank you to all of you who listened, text, called in. You want to keep the combo going, you can do so on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. And Brandon Fryer doing an excellent job tonight. Brent Berry, yes, white guy who won the slam dunk contest. Yes, nice job, Brandon. Um, Have a great night to everybody, and I will talk to you tomorrow. CBS is next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Night. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.